What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Big Breakdown with Jose Ledesma. And on this beautiful Sunday, we are going to do season recaps for teams in the NFC. So, for example, like the Packers, Bucks, 49ers, Dallas Cowboys, you know, teams in the NFC for y'all that don't know the differences between NFC and AFC. Um, so, without further ado, let's get started. Starting with the NFC East, we'll start from the bottom to top of each division. So, without further ado, let us start with Philadelphia who went 4-11-1 uh, division. They went 2-4 uh, and four in the division. Philly's a mess, man. Offensive line is it was a huge problem with all the injuries there. They had 17 different starting combinations on the offensive line. Um, defense is aged for sure. They need to revamp with new young talent. Carson Wentz, as we all know, is gone in Indianapolis to the best offensive line, in my opinion. Um, they let go of Doug Peterson. I don't know why when you brought in Nick Seriani who can't even read off his own paper to replace Doug Peterson because he had a close he has a close relationship with the coach in Indy Frank Reich who was Nick uh, Carson Wentz's savior um, but then you you get rid of Carson Wentz so it didn't really make sense to cut Doug Peterson in my opinion because um, now you got a guy who don't even know what the hell he's talking about off to the Dallas Cowboys who went six and ten. Uh, also had a two and four division record. Um, Dallas man, it's it's uh, Jerry Jones man is the problem. I'm just gonna flat out say it. It's Jerry Jones. You had you kept your uh, Jerry Jones wants Kellen Moore to be the next great thing so bad. Um, when you hired Mike McCarthy to be the guy, he needs to be calling plays like he's been doing his whole career. So it didn't make sense to keep on Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator when he should just be the quarterback coach. Um, or just go get an offense coordinator position elsewhere because or else what's the point of having Mike McCarthy on your staff? Mike McCarthy, though, is imperfect. His, his number one issue, as as most people know, was M Mike Nolan, the defense coordinator, who was god-awful the first half of the season. Uh, led the league in takeaways, though, in the second half, so it definitely improved, but it didn't make sense from a higher the fact that the personnel never was really there for an odd-front defense. Um, they've always been an even, they've been an even front for about a decade now. Um, so that it never really made sense. And by the time they improved, it was too late for Mike Nolan. Dan Quinn is a good hire in my opinion. So they should definitely improve next season. Uh, Dak Prescott though, you know I mean? His financial situation is going to be a big discussion point for off season people. Um, are they going to tag him? Is he going to get a new contract? That injury, you know I mean? How bad is it? Um, it definitely popped off the bone. So a lot of questions that Dallas needs to answer. Um, but as their season overall, I mean, offensive linemen had injuries yet again. Ezekiel is, was definitely not the same guy this past year. Um, it didn't help, though, that Dak, like I said, already was hurt. And the defense was horrendous. <laughs> I mean, there's not much else you can really say. Defensive line, though, was a bright spot for them. Off to the New York Giants, who also had a six and ten record, but was four and two in the division. So had they just won a cup, one or two games outside of the division, they would have made the playoffs. And they were my favorite team in the NFC East to watch, honestly. Um, yes, it was a big blow to lose Saquon Barkley early in, in, in the season. Daniel Jones, you know, he's the biggest question mark on that offense. Is he really the guy going forward, or is he going to get replaced? Um, the Giants, man, that, that's a stud defense right there. I mean, I know they didn't have the the top five defense stats wise and whatnot, but that defense man is definitely a defense that caught me by surprise. And I, and I assume a lot of people, um, the biggest shocker on that defense though was their free agent signing Brad Berry, 
um, who just balled out this year, got a Pro Bowl nod. Didn't really know much about him because he was just kind of, I thought, in my opinion, another cover two corner. Um, but uh, coming out of Carolina, who when Ron Rivera was there, that's what they ran, cover two. But he just really balled out, man, and really earned his Pro Bowl uh, starting role. So, baller, man. Uh, the th- front three defensive linemen, though, for New York Giants is, is, man, what really made that defense glue together. Tomlinson, Dexter Lawrence, and B.J. Hill. I mean, just big bodies that, that take on double teams in the middle. Um, and, obviously, with them having uh, kind of like a 5-1-5 front where it's one line, true linebacker, five DBs, and five down linemen, but it's technically two outside linebackers who are also edge rushers. Um, kind of exactly like what the Packers do with their base defense. Um, and funnily, they have Blake Martinez, who had an okay season. They just really need to improve that second level um, and the other corner positions, um, as in second corner and slot going forward. Because Blake Martinez can't cover anything or anybody. Um, but he is a good run defender, though, so kudos to him. Uh, Saquon Barkley, though, is going to be the big discussion in the offseason. How is he going to be coming back? Going and, and is he going to be 100% going forward or even the same guy? Uh, Daniel Jones, obviously, is another big question mark. Is he even the quarterback going forward for the New York Giants? Off to the division winners in the NFC East, the Washington football team. Um, that defensive line is, is honestly what I love about. I mean, the defense in general really did a good job, especially with who they had in the secondary and the linebacking core. Um, it wasn't really like any big names. I mean, Fuller, Kyle Fuller, but even he is inconsistent as the slot corner. Um, and he had some injuries as well. Um, Landon Collins, I mean, overpriced, strong, uh, strong, uh, safety, um, who wants to be Sean Taylor so bad. He's not obviously, um, defensive line though. Like I said, man, is, was the best part of their whole team. Chase Young is a stud, um, Darren, Darren Payne, yes, I was I was thinking how to say his name. Deron or Darren, Deron, I think it's Deron Payne, um, along with uh, Matthew Illidonis and um, J- uh, Allen uh, on the defensive line. And then you can't forget Ryan Kerrigan, um, a bunch of studs on that defensive line. Man, honestly, there's, there's – and then Montez Sweat. Look, at see, they got so many first-round picks and, and studs on the defensive line. I forgot about Montez Sweat. Um, yeah, but that defensive line, man, was like the 49ers in 2019. Straight ballers, first-round picks everywhere. Um, they're only going to get better next year. So offensively, though, Alex Smith is the story of 2020. I don't care what anybody says. It's it's the best story of 2020. Um, just the fact that they made the playoffs with Alex Smith only starting like six games – and all the games that he started, he only lost one um, with a long beating the Pittsburgh Steelers and, you know, giving Tampa Bay a, a, a good run for their money in the first round of the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, that I'm a, and Antonio Gibson balled out for Washington. Um, he was a guy that surprised me, and McLaurin has really proven to be the number one guy. Logan Thomas, the tight end, really solidified the number one tight end position going forward. So, um Washington, though, along with the Giants, I'm really excited for going forward. Off to the NFC North, we'll go to Detroit, who hired, uh, who let go of uh, Matt Patricia, thank God, and is now bringing in Dan, i.e. Knees, Campbell, um, (laughs) to be their new head coach. Um, Yeah, but on a serious note, though, um, this third season, man, was a complete wreck. Uh, Matthew Stafford, obviously, was injured again, so that doesn't help. 
But just that, that team never really had a true identity. They were trying to be too many things at once. Uh, Matt Patricia is just a mess. Thank God he's gone. Um, he never deserved to be the head coach, especially with how they disrespected um, Jim Caldwell, who was the head coach there in Detroit, who had taken them to the playoffs for the first time in like 50 years. So I, I, me personally, I'm still a little salty about that. I take that a little personal just because you had a winning head coach and then you replace him with Matt Patricia just because the the GM of the Lions who also got fired, Bob Quinn, uh, was a New England guy and wanted to bring in someone like-minded, stupid, and that's why his self got fired. Um, I like the moves, though, that Detroit has made so far in the offseason, which will be obviously for another episode. But um, Lions went 5-11 and with a 1-5 and division record. Yeah, like I said, no no identity, just trash. Thank God Matt Patricia's out of there. Off to the Minnesota Vikings, who went 7-9 and with the 4-2 and division record. Um, it's honestly the same season they had the last two years with, with Kirk Cousins as a quarter, as their starting quarterback, honestly, nothing's really changed except that the defense is getting worse. Um, which is honestly the biggest thing that you would expect to be better because Mike Zimmer being the head coach and whatnot is be defensive minded guy, but you know, offense, they put up a lot of numbers, a lot of stats. It looks great on paper, but it doesn't translate to wins. Um, Justin Jefferson was a star, uh, as a rookie, um, I honestly didn't think he was going to be that awesome. Um, I thought he was going to be good because he was mostly a slot receiver coming out of LSU, but he's a, he's a true, he can, he can be a true number one receiver on any team. In my opinion, um, star in the making for sure. Uh, Dalvin cook did his thing, obviously with besides the games, a couple games that he missed Kirk cousins is a stat stuffer. Um, not surprising. Uh, Vikings offensive line is steadily improving. Um, they're getting better, so that's a bright spot there. I'm not going to lie. Um, Janelle Hunter, though, is going to be the biggest question mark, in my opinion, because he had the injury, and, you know what I mean, is he going to come back 100%? Because um, he, he's he's their stud on defense. He's the guy that they really are building that defense around. Yes, they still have Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr um, and Harrison Smith, but those guys are getting older. They're hitting the 30s, and Janelle Hunter's only, what, 24, 25? He's the guy that they're going to build around, so they're definitely going to have to you know, I mean, continue to put talent on that defense so they can get better and respectable the way Mike Zimmer would want it. Um, off to the Chicago Bears, who went eight and eight, barely made the playoffs off of David Montgomery's legs, who got a thousand yards this year um, with a division record of two and four. Trubisky and Nick Foles couldn't be really stand out, so they had a messy quarterback situation this year. Um, you started off Trubisky because he was your first-round pick. Then Nick Foles saves you for a couple games, but then Nick Foles is trash. So then you bring back Trubisky, who finished the season off pretty strong. Um, obviously, going to the playoffs doesn't hurt your resume uh, for the second time in three years. Um, offensively, in general, I mean, Matt Nagy doesn't do much. I mean, he literally saved his job by running the football, which he hasn't done since he's been there. So it was a good thing to see that he actually committed to running the ball with David Montgomery. Hopefully he does that going forward, especially since him and uh, Ryan Pace are in the hot seat um, as general manager head coach next year. So hopefully they start off with the run. Uh, Whatever they do with quarterback, we'll find out later. Um, Offense, though, as a whole, offensive line needs to be way better, especially at their tackle spots. They're just trash. They got Leno and... um, uh, Macy, yeah, Macy, Mossy, however you say his, his name. Um, the offensive line definitely needs to improve. 
continue to commit to the running game, like I already mentioned, and they need to figure out their quarterback situation. Defensively, I mean, the secondary got to get better, especially at corner. Um, they hired or they promoted their secondary's coach to be the defense coordinator since Chuck Pagano retired. I think it's a pretty cool move. He's another um, – he's a first Muslim head coach – or not head coach, defensive coordinator in the NFL, um, which is a cool – you know what I mean, cool little story. But, you know, how much difference that defense is going to be? Is it going to be like Chuck Gano had it or is it going to be like Vic Fangio had it a couple years ago? Um, so, you know, I mean, that, that defense is – talent-wise is the best part of that team. But it's definitely going to have to be improved and be more like 2019 – or 2018, I should say – rather than it was this past year where it was mediocre at best. Um, but they will be getting uh, uh, Goldberg back, uh, who was their nose guard who opted out this past year. Eddie Goldman, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, he opted out. So it, obviously it'll help their defense out a lot to get him back. But another thing about that defense too is it's aged. Um, they're going to have to add more youth. A lot of their, their top guys are aged. Um, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, um, Eddie Jackson's getting up there a little bit. It's, it's a lot of guys getting older. You're going to have to bring in youth. Um, Raquan Smith is, you know what I mean, their, their young stud right now on, on defense who's only 24, 25. But everybody else is getting older. So right now this team needs to be in win-now mode. Um, so they got to make some serious moves on offense to help their team go over the edge. Off to the division winners, Packers. Um, who did five and one in their division was thirteen and three. Um, Aaron Rodgers lost his annual NFC Championship game, which he's done the last five times he's went to the NFC Championship, or four times. So he's lost his annual game. Not surprised there, honestly. Um, Packers, man, they just don't really just have enough. I mean, they have they have pieces, um, but just not enough. But it did help though that they finally cut uh, their defensive coordinator. Um, I forgot his name. I'm sorry. Uh, Pedden, Mike Pedden. But um, you, that defense definitely has to improve. It has to be better. Um, you, you really got to just hone in on, on the basics in that defense because Pedden has always tried to do too much. He wants to be too much like Rex Ryan was when he was in his prime in New York as the head coach there. So you just try to do too much. You just got to really just run a base defense and just stick with the basics. Packers have the talent. Uh, you obviously need to add an, a corner and a receiver opposite of their two stars, which is Jair Alexander on corner and Devontae Adams on, on at receiver. Um, besides that, though, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is going to be with the Packers for one more year, and then I think that's when he'll get traded so that Jordan Love can get his opportunity to start and see if he's the guy going forward before he gets his uh, his contract rookie expires and whatnot. Um Aaron Jones is off to free agency, so we got to see what's going to happen with that. Uh, I doubt he's going to get resigned, honestly, because uh, Matt LaFour, along with Shanahan and a lot of those guys that run the zone running scheme, don't believe in paying their running backs. Uh, Sean McVay, that was the only guy who did with Todd Gurley, and we all seen how that went. Um, Tanyan was a star who balled out, out and came out of nowhere for Packers, uh, led the uh, tight ends with 10 touchdowns, or at least was up there with Kelsey with 10 touchdowns. So straight baller. Um, he's a free agent though, so you got to sign him as well. Um, if they really just bring back their guys, do do people really think they're going to make the Super Bowl? I don't think so. You got to add more. You got to do more. Um, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse, in my opinion. So, and their defense needs to improve the middle linebacker position. 
off to the a- NFC South. Uh, we'll start with Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta's been the most disappointing team since they lost the Super Bowl against the Patriots. I, they di- they've disappointed me, honestly, since then. I don't know how other people feel, but I've been picking them to go back to the playoffs since they lost, and they just haven't done it. Uh, Matt Ryan is, you know I mean, putting up a lot of numbers in garbage time. Uh, Todd Gurley didn't really work out for them the way they thought, even though he was uh, with, even though he had like, I think 10 to 12 touchdowns total, um, which was awesome, but you know, only averaged like 3.5 yards a carry. Offensive line, like a lot of team, I'm going to say, just need to improve. Um, they need to infuse youth in that in that offensive line. Jake Matthews is a bum. He's overrated. He only got drafted in the first round because his daddy was Bruce Matthews. Oops, sorry, didn't mean to say that out loud. Um, the tight end position with Hayden Hurst, I mean, you brought him in because Austin Hooper's got a big deal from Browns, and you wanted to be in, wanted him to be your replacement. There's a reason why uh, Baltimore was able to give him up for a fourth round pick. I mean, he's really just not the guy. You got to improve there. Receivers, they're obviously um, got straight up ballers there. Uh, health, though, was a big problem with Julio Jones. He only played in a handful of games this year that were at 100%. He honestly dealt with a hamstring slash uh, overall leg injury this whole season. Calvin Ridley, though, is really proven to be a number one receiver. So who knows? Maybe Julio Jones can get traded, and Calvin Ridley can really take over to be the number one guy going forward for the Atlanta Falcons. Um defensively was bad again, which is why Dan Quinn got fired, which he should have been fired already, but that's neither here or there. Um, yeah, defense was trash, even though they got a few good pieces there. Secondary needs to be a whole lot better. Um, and they just need to find an edge rush. That's honestly what they've been missing is secondary and edge rushers. Keanu Neal was out for the whole season again. I think that's like the third year in a row he's been out on injury. So he might be replaced, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, that's honestly all I gotta say about Atlanta. They really just need to bolster talent into that uh, into that team in general, or you just need to hit the rebuild button, which is what I would do if I was Atlanta. But you know, the, Arthur Smith isn't gonna do that. He's gonna want to hold on to his guys, especially Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Carolina Panthers, a pleasantly surprised team that I didn't expect to offensively ball out the way they did. And even defensively, they did better than I expected, even though their record doesn't show with the 5-11 record, 1-5 in the division. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is obviously not the franchise guy. He never was going to be. He was the bridge guy, um, ironically, because of his name. But he did a lot better than I thought he would, honestly, stats-wise. Um, even though he was in and out of the lineup with injuries and whatnot, he never really got a rhythm going, in my opinion. Uh, and it definitely didn't help that Christian McCaffrey didn't play this season. He only played in one one or two games, but he never really played a full game, honestly, even in those two games he played because he got injured early and was injured the whole year off that ankle injury. So that's really the, the big thing I'll be concerned about if I was Carolina um, because running backs, as you know, already have a short shelf life, and the moment you gave him the highest running back contract, he only played in like a game and a half. So concerning for sure especially since your whole offense is going to be based around Christian. Um, Receiving core, they had 2,000-yard receivers, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, ballers. I mean, you couldn't have asked for anything better out of those two, um, especially with the losing record like they did, which you can count to garbage time, yards, and whatnot, but still, that's an accomplishment of its own right there. Um, Offensive line, it was pretty good. I like what they did offensive on the offensive line, even though Russell Okun is, I think, uh, going out in free agency or retiring. It's one of those 
Um, so they definitely need to, to address the left tackle position. Daryl Williams at the right tackle position is hitting free agency, and he's already 28, 29. Um, so, yeah, they, they, the offensive line just needs to add some new guys uh, contract-wise because a lot of guys are going to be hitting free agency on the offensive line. So just retold that. But I like a lot what Matt Rule's doing there. I think they're on the right path. Um, and defensively, Derek Brown, you know I mean, stud at, at defensive tackle. Um, I like, I, like I said, I was surprised, especially on the defensive side, what they were doing. Um, I honestly didn't think that they were going to be a three down lineman team. I mean, it wasn't an odd front though. It was weird. It was, they ran a lot of like, I don't know. It's like cover four. Yeah. I'll say like cover four with a limited pass rush and like eight guys in coverage, but you know, they, they still did enough. I mean, they still got to continue to add talent and retool that defense. Um, but I, I think I think the team in general, man, is on the right path, for sure. Jeremy Chin, straight baller, man, straight baller. Shaq Thompson did his thing to be the true number one backer in that system, um, and Derek Brown, like I said, and along with um, the defensive end uh, Burns, um, they they got talent. They definitely have a base. Um, I just need to continue to see them progress and go forward. Off to the Super Bowl champs. Who went 11 and five with the four and two division record? Both losses to the Saints, obviously, as we all know. Um, Tampa Bay, man. Tom Brady's just bad. The go. I mean, I kind of already went over the Bucks season uh, in the last video or in the two episodes ago with my man Anthony uh, when we did the Super Bowl uh, preview um, or overview, I should say. But I mean, yeah, it's just Tom Brady's the goat. Um, we will never see the season that we had ever again with a quarterback just going to a team with a very limited offseason just go to the Super Bowl and win it like it was just a regular thing to do um Tampa Bay there's gonna be a lot of guys gone in my opinion especially number one guy being Shaq Barrett he's gonna go get paid a hundred million dollars somewhere at 29 which is crazy it's gonna be similar to D Ford when it comes to a bad contract situation but he's gonna get his money um and he's been a long time backup in Denver until these last two years in Tampa which is where he's gotten his money um JPP is coming back though. The defense as a whole, man. I mean, I'm excited. I would be excited for Tampa going forward because they have the right guys. Todd Bowles is going to continue to be there, hopefully. So as long as he's there, that defense is going to continue to be dominant. Um, offensively, a lot of their guys that that did their thing in the playoffs were guys that came because of Tom Brady. So um, I expect those guys to come back for at least next season because Tom Brady will be back. Um, whether that'll really happen or not, we'll obviously have to wait and see until free agency because guys like Gronk and Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown, who all came for Tom Brady, are all going into free agency. So along with Chris Godwin, too, um, and O.J. Howard, who was their tight end, who didn't play this year at all. So two tight ends, a running back, a receiver, or two receivers. So a lot of guys are in the free agency market. A lot of them are going to get paid elsewhere. So it's going to be up to that. What is Jason Light going to do, the general manager of the Tampa Bay Bucks, to keep that team together for at least one more year so that Tom Brady can have another chance to win a Super Bowl? Um, Tristan Warfs, man, salute to him. I wish the Niners would have drafted him instead of Javon Kinlaw, honestly, because that dude is a straight stud. He only gave up one sack all year, um, and just a straight stud at the right tackle position, my man. <coughs> Excuse me. Off to the New Orleans Saints with a 12-4 record, 6-0 uh, in the division. 
I mean, they're in cap hell right now, so that'll be an, obviously an episode to talk about the offseason moves and whatnot. But because they're gonna have to do a lot of cuts, a lot of trades to really get that cap number down, um, especially since Drew Brees is gonna retire. I mean, the announcement hasn't been made yet, but everyone knows he's gonna retire. If he comes back, I just I just give up on New Orleans at this point. I'll have them going bottom bottom third or bottom fourth of the division next year. I mean, you can't keep coming back Drew Brees and expecting the the Saints to be continue to be in contention. Alvin Kamara had the game of the year. Um, Stat-wise, with uh, the five or six touchdowns, um, just straight balled out, man. I mean, Alvin Kamara continues to do his thing. Uh, quarterback is obviously a big question mark. Uh, you don't have Jameis Winston under contract, who should be the quarterback of the future. Um, Jason, Taysom Hill, I don't know why Sean Payton made Taysom Hill the starting quarterback. I know reports were saying that he was promised a starting a starting uh, gig if uh, Drew Brees ever got hurt again because, remember, a couple years ago, Teddy Bridgewater took over as a starter, which got him the contract in Carolina. Um, so obviously there was a promise by Sean Payton to Taysom Hill that if if it ever happened to Drew Brees again, which it did for a couple of games because of the broken ribs, that Taysom Hill would get his opportunity to start. I mean, it was a joke though. I mean, you would have won those games by a lot more points had. Um, Dang it, what's his name? Uh, Jameis Winston, if he was your starting quarterback. So Jameis Winston should be the quarterback going forward, in my opinion, but we shall see what they do, especially with all the moves they got to make. Defensively, uh, top-ranked defenses the past year, um, Demario Davis, Cameron Jordan, uh, Marcus Lattimore, those guys are all studs. Um, Cameron Jordan, though, and Demario Davis are getting up there in age, so you, you got to start thinking about the future when it comes to the Saints on defense. Um, obviously, I would say that about this whole roster, but especially on defense. Like, those guys are getting in the 30s. Uh, Marcus Lanamore is going to need a big contract soon, so this is where I'm going to really get into that cap situation in a future episode. But, yeah, Saints got a lot of things they need to figure out, man, and they could be heading to the seat, uh, to the basement of the division soon. Um off to the NFC West for the last division of this episode, and then we'll cut it off. Um, starting with the 49ers, who went 6-10. and 10. I mean, there's only two words to describe this season. You can put them in any um, any uh, order. It doesn't really matter. It's injuries and disappointment. Um, starting with the injuries, the 49ers have uh, uh, broken NFL record for most players injured at one time on an NFL roster, or at least on the IR at one time on an NFL roster. Most money ever on on, on NFL IR. Um, and obviously just big names in general are just, were off gone this year. Um, partly because of the New York Giants' football field slash Jets football field, um, with Nick Bosa, I'll just name off a few. I mean, there's a lot more. There was like over 20 guys on IR at one point, which is why I say they broke NFL records with the most players and most money on IR. Nick Bosa, D Ford, uh, Solomon Thomas, um, Eric Armstead was hurt at one point. Um, Greenlaw, um, oh man, um, Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, um, but yeah, injuries and disappointment, man, because you expected to at least make the playoffs and be competitive, but it doesn't help when your quarterback gets hurt in week two and didn't even play impressively impressive in week one against the Arizona Cardinals where they lost 24 to 20. Um, yeah, big question mark though is obviously going to be quarterback for the 49ers, no doubt about it. Uh, what are you going to do? You're going to bring back Jimmy, who's been injury prone, and when he was healthy, they win. So, are you going to keep him? Are you going to trade him? Are you going to cut him? Um, offensive line is a huge problem. It's a bigger problem than anyone I think would have expected. Um, with how good the 49ers' offensive line was in 2019, 
Um, you never would have thought with the same exact offensive lineman who has continuity besides Trent Williams, who took over for Joe Staley, which is an upgrade, in my opinion, over Joe Staley was in his last year um, because he was just injured and not the same player anymore. Um, they actually got worse as a whole group, I mean. Um, it definitely didn't help, though, that um, the center for the offensive line, uh, for the 49ers offensive line, um, I can't believe I forgot his, his name because he's been gone for so long. I mean, uh, Richburg, there we go. He had got hurt in the New Orleans game the year before in 2019 when they were on the way to the Super Bowl, um, and he just didn't play a single down this past year in 2020. That injury is way more serious than I than anyone could have expected. Same thing with D4. That back injury is way serious. I think both of these guys are going to end up retiring <coughs> or getting cut by the 49ers. Um not D Ford though. He's going to probably retire, but not get cut because the 49ers are going to owe him salary anyway if he gets cut. So he might take a roster bonus, which happens in March, and then he'll probably retire. Um, but yeah, those guys, injuries and disappointment. That's the only two ways you can describe it. Offensive line is trash. Um, Brandon Ayuko was the star. Um, I mean, he, he's a guy that can, that can definitely be the number one receiver going forward if he continued progresses and ball out like the way he did this last year. Oh, and other guys that were on the injury reserve like George Kittle, too, and Debo Samuel. I mean, like I said, just injuries and disappointment. Um, secondary, you're losing a lot of guys in free agency, so you got to find a way to replace those guys. Um, linebacking core is obviously the core of that, along with the defensive line of that defense, um, with Greenlaw and Warner, who's going to get a big extension. Um, Warner, that is. And the defensive line with Kerry Hyder really surprised me. Um, I, I was a huge fan of Kerry Hyder already from how he, good he was in Detroit, even though he didn't get the opportunities to really show how good he was. So I was happy to see him do the things he did for the 49ers with eight and a half sacks um, leading the team in that department when you were the only decent pass rusher the 49ers had because Eric Armstead, as I've been saying, showed his true colors of how trash he is when he doesn't have Nick Bosa, D. Ford, Horace Buckner all supporting him to where he can lead the team like he did last year in sacks with nine and a half. Um, and then obviously he got injured too, which I'm not surprised. Um, off to, oh, 49ers won six and 10 with a three and three division record. I don't know if I mentioned that already, but let me just go over with that. Um, Cardinals eight and eight with a two and four division record. Um, the problem with Arizona, man, offensively, it's literally Kyler Murray or bust. So I think honestly, this is uh, Kingsbury last year as the Cardinals head coach, if he does not take them to the playoffs and turn it around, um, cause it's just too, too dependent on Murray, man. You can't, you're going to make this an even worse Russell Wilson situation. It, it really is going to be worse than that. And, cause they don't have really the Pete Carroll to really supplement the team to really, um, justify Kyler Murray being a one man show. Um, didn't really have a running game. Um, offensive lines still needs work, obviously. Um, defense as a whole was was pretty good. Um, they definitely weren't the problem. I, I blame them more on offense than defense. Uh, if I was a Cardinals fan or a person watch closely watching them, um, especially Kingsbury as a head coach, he's just bad at managing games and whatnot. But yeah, continue on with the defense. Chandler Jones got hurt, so that doesn't help your defense. You have to blitz a lot more than you would like to to create uh, a pass rush. Um, uh, the safety for Arizona, um, 
I forgot his name. He's a baller. Oh, Baker. Buda Baker. He's a baller. Um, he's the bright spot of that team. Patrick Peterson, a longtime starting corner for the Cardinals, just parted ways with the team. So that's, you know, I mean, I mean, I know he's not in his prime anymore, but still, that's a guy that's been a part of your team for so long through a lot of ups and downs, and now he's finally gone. So, you know, they're going to have to um, draft or at least find someone to replace him at that starting corner position. Um, in my opinion, this is a bigger deal than probably people would make it. Um, overall though, I think that, like I said, the Cardinals defense was fine. I just blame it more on Kingsbury and that offense. You're just not really doing much, adding nothing to that offense. You're just making it too much one dimensional where people were able to really hone in on DeAndre Hopkins and, and, uh, Kyler Murray. So that's how I feel about the Arizona Cardinals off to the Los Angeles Rams, 10 and six with a three and three record in the division. Um, Rams, I thought they were going to the tank, to be honest. But Brandon Stanley really saved Sean McVay's season. So it's going to be really telling with this next defensive coordinator for the Rams how he's going to be. Because if not for that defense, that Rams team would have been bad. And Sean McVay probably would have been fired. Um, And that's just me being completely honest. Brandon Stanley really came in and changed the philosophy of that defense. Really honed in on the basics and just really showed how good he is, which is how we got the coach and chargers, which I think was premature hiring, but that's neither here or there. Um, Brandon Staley though, like I said, save Sean McVay's season. Um, Sean McVay is really getting caught up with around the league. His offense is very bland. Um, it is a part of the zone running Shanahan scheme, but it's the way he runs it though. It's just a lot more bland. He doesn't really add anything to it. So a lot like Kingsbury, just very bland, very one dimensional, very obvious, which is why the Rams got desperate again with another big trade again and got Matthew Stafford for two first round picks and Jared Goff. Um, like I tell people all the time, uh, and I'll go more into depth in, in another episode where it was two first rounders and a third, but honestly it was one first round and a third for Matthew Stafford and the other first round pick was to get rid of Jared Goff. So the now it's been going on seven years with that trade that the Rams have not used a first round pick. And the last guy that they used that first round pick on was Aaron Donald. Uh, fun fact, but offensive line was good. Uh, Whitworth though, you know I mean? Is he going to retire? He's 30. He's like 40 now. Um, the longest time I've seen an offensive line playing in this league is playing until 40, which is crazy. Um, receivers is obviously the bright spot on offense. You know what I mean? They have a lot of receivers they can get the ball to and really ball out. Um, Cam Akers really did his thing in the playoffs as a rookie, especially. Um, so I, I like Cam Akers a lot, along with uh, the overall core they got in the running back position with um, Brown and uh, Darrelson or yeah, I think I think that's his name. Um, defensively, number one in the league this past year uh, for a good reason. That that front seven really did their thing, um, along working along with the secondary with Jalen Ramsey and Williams. Um, they, defense really just surprised me. Honestly, I didn't think they were going to be that good, even though they lost again two games in a row against the 49ers, So that makes it four in a row. Um, <clears throat> but anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, the defense balled out. Uh, I think they led the league, or if not top three in the league in sacks. Um, Aaron Donald, dominant as ever always, um, even though he shouldn't have won defense player of the year, in my opinion, over TJ Watt, but that's neither here or there. Um, linebacking core definitely needs to get better. I mean, your two inside backers were a dude named Ryder, Hyder, and uh, Young, Kenny Young. Um, from UCLA, but I mean, that inside linebacking position is trash. You're losing... Um, 
you're losing uh, the edge rusher from Georgia who they brought in this past year. Um, I forgot his dang name. Okay, never mind. He, he's going to get signed by somebody in free agency. I hope they can bring him back because he, he was a key component to the Rams defense. Um, but, yeah, he, he was on a one-year deal, so he's going to be probably gone and to free agency. The linebacking core in general, I think, needs a lot of more talent. It was really dependent on the front three or front four, however you want to look at it, and the secondary. Those were two two front, two parts of their defense that really worked together that really uh, made them the number one defense in the league this past year. Um, and off to the last team in this episode, which is going to be the Seattle Seahawks, um, who went 12-4 and with a 4-2 and record. I mean, like I mentioned with the Cardinals, man, it was Russell Wilson or bust. And for the first half of the season, that worked. Um, they were really letting Russ cook. And they were winning games because of it. But that defense was obviously suffering, was worse than the league. Um, and Jamal Adams, uh, I will say this real quick. I was a big fan of him in, in New York. Um, but Seattle does not know how to use him properly. They just don't. Pete Carroll don't know how to use him. And they gave up two first-round picks for a guy that was was looked bad a lot. Because he can't cover. Um, he got exposed a ton in coverage. Um, and led the NFL with sacks for a DB, which is weird. You don't want to really see that as a DB. Um, but yeah, just an overrated safety and an uh, under... I don't know how to really explain it. It's an overrated safety who should really be an outside linebacker defensive end at this point, um, at least the way that Seattle was using him. Um, New York Jets, that's the best way to use him in my opinion. Um... <clears throat> Bobby Wagner, great as always, um, no doubt about that. Along with KJ Wright, the duo there, the linebacking core there is, you know, I mean, really good. Jordan Brooks didn't really do much as a rookie, uh, which I'm not surprised about, honestly. Bruce Irving got hurt early in the season, so that obviously hurt their pass rush. But it all changed uh, from a defensive line perspective when they got Carlos Dunlap, who really helped that defense out a lot and made it really a top 12, top 10 defense towards the end of the year. Um, Secondary, I mean, Shaquille or Shaquille Griffin, um, one of the twin brothers on the Seattle Seahawks, he um, did okay. I mean, the secondary in general just did okay, and I'm talking about Adams too, not just, you know I mean, the the corners and, and uh, digs. I'm talking about the whole secondary. Um, they did okay. Um, linebacking core is, is their best part. And Carlos Dunlap, I mean, is he coming back? Is he going to resign? Because he was honestly the best part of the defensive line. Um and in the second half of the year, the team fell apart. They honestly collapsed. They honestly were a game. They were honestly a team that when they went into the playoffs, I knew they weren't going to make it far. Um, they were just lucky to have Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll together because had it been in another quarterback or another team, that team would have collapsed and probably not even made the playoffs. Um, I just knew they weren't going to make it, honestly, anywhere in the playoffs because of how bad they just honestly looked. From Compared to the first half of the season where Russ was just going crazy, Remember the second half where Russell Wilson stats and, and overall just started diminishing. I mean, he started throwing picks at an alarming rate. Um, the running game was really never there. They tried running the ball more, but stats-wise, it never was really there to make it respectable. Um, DK Metcalf came onto the scene, uh, being the number two, number two uh, year two receiver, um, kind of being the number taking over as the number one guy along with Lockett. Um, I mean. People are comparing him to be baby Calvin Johnson. I'm sorry, he's not. In that perspective, he's overrated. I mean, he's a good receiver, obviously, with the stats he put up this past year. But I, I just don't. 
I just don't put him in that regard of Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson's a Hall of Famer. Um, congrats to him, by the way, for making the Hall of Fame. He's a, a guy you can honestly put in top five, top ten receivers of all time. Um, I really like Calvin Johnson that much. And until you can see DK Metcalf double covered on the goal line by two corners and a safety over the top uh, and still scoring, um, until you see that on DK Metcalf, I am not never putting DK Metcalf in the, Cal- the Calvin Johnson category. Like I said, he's good. Uh, especially for his athleticism with size, weight, and speed. Um, but he's nowhere near Calvin Johnson or even in that upper echelon of receivers. He's really good, but it doesn't hurt when you have Russell Wilson and you're 6'3", uh, and you can run a 4-3-40. Four, uh, four, 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 um, it's, it's nice when you have Russell Wilson, but if, if you had the quarterbacks that Calvin Johnson had and still were putting up all pro, pro bowl-level numbers, then that's when you know I mean, I, I'll show you respect. You got Russell Wilson, my man, along with with Lockett as your slot receiver, who's not a scrub. Um, But, yeah, offensive line for a lot of these teams has got to improve for Seattle. I mean, they're just really nobody there to be protectors in the passing game. Um, Russell Wilson was sacked a lot yet again, which contributed to those turnovers and bad play towards the end of the year. Um, Yeah, so anyway, without further ado, thank you guys for listening. Um, appreciate you giving me the time out of your day to listen to this episode. Again, this was the NFC episode. Um, I will be releasing the AFC episode shortly. Um, so be on the lookout for that. I think I have, uh, I think this season though, for the NFC perspective was very interesting. Um, I just find it ironic and funny more than anything for having a team that really wasn't respected, especially these last 10 years. Um, and who hasn't even made the playoffs in over 10 years. Um, they get a guy from New England from the AFC uh, for one year, and not only do they make the playoffs, they win the Super Bowl. And not only do they win the Super Bowl, but it's in their own stadium. So crazy, man. Things that Tom Brady did in one year, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, um, Matt Ryan, and a bunch of other quarterbacks in the NFC have only done once in their careers, which is hilarious. Um, again, thank you, everybody, for listening to the Big Breakdown with Jose Ledesma. Have a great Sunday. Bye-bye.